Uh, Hebrews 13, 17 says, Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they keep watch. They are keeping watch over your souls as those who will have to give an account. Let them do this with joy and do not gro- and with groaning and and not with groaning, for that would be of no advantage to you. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for bringing us here by your grace. I pray, Lord, that you help us this evening understand the office of elder. That you, that you help us this evening understand what it means to be a healthy church member. Uh, use me, Holy Spirit. In Christ's name we all pray. Amen. <clears throat> pastor, you can come in. This is, this is the pastor. He's, he's late to the church. so <laughs> It's nice to know that the majority of you, of you here are, el- are elders, are members. So um, it's really great that, uh, <clears throat> that this talk will be strictly just for you guys, which would be good. Um, tonight we're going to be continuing our look at what a healthy church member looks like. <clears throat> uh, so far in our series, we've learned that a healthy church member grows in Christ. Healthy church members grow in Christ. They are devoted to prayer. Healthy church members are devoted to prayer. They seek church discipline. Healthy church members are a biblical evangelist. Uh, two weeks ago, we learned that a healthy church member are genuinely converted. And last week, we saw that healthy church members are committed members. You know, healthy church members are committed members. Healthy church members do not neglect the gathering of the saints. They don't treat their church membership like they treat their gym membership or their Sam's Club membership, you know, but, but they do not neglect any time the church or the people of God gather together. Okay, we understood that when we gather together, we are glorifying God. We are glorifying His name. We are coming together in the hopes of edifying one another, building each other up with love and encouragement and, um, and I thank God that, that we have a church that understands that. Um, today, I want to add another mark to our series of, or to our talks of what it means to be a healthy church member. And that is, healthy church members are humble followers. Healthy church members are humble followers. I remember when I was sitting down with one of the professors of historical theology at the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary. And I had, I was fortunate enough to have dinner with him or lunch with him with Pastor Antonio and Pastor Chad Vegas. And the one thing that struck out to me was not the knowledge that this man possesses and not nearly who the man was, but the man's humility. Um, and I don't know if that was just, you know, his southern charm or that was just the Holy Spirit over the years uh, detaching him from all of his ego and, 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 and those things that could, that could actually hurt us. You know, the more we grow, the more we learn, uh, the, the more sometimes big-headed we might become. But man, he was just the nicest man. He actually offered me one of his ribs. You know, he, he was just... An amazing man. And what he showed me that that day was, he showed me that humility is a mark, must be a mark of what it means to be a Christian. You know, when I leave this earth, I want people to say about me is, you know, Isaiah was this and that. But more importantly, he was a humble follower of Christ. And I hope that that's your prayer as well. You know, we oftentimes praise humility, but in our lives we sometimes don't show it. And one of the reasons why we love some of our athletes or some of our, our uh, favorite movie stars or, or people in the world is not necessarily what they do, but how they act. Now, there's been many times when I've met people or you've met people and you've probably seen them around, but when you actually talk to them and and they exude a sort, sort of humility. It changes your whole perception of who they are, does it not? So I want to say today, or tonight, or I want to get across that we as church members 
are to exemplify what it means to be humble. But also, we have to exemplify what it means to be a follower. Now, I know the word follower is a bad word in our world today. You know, we're taught at an early age not to be a follower, but to be a leader, right? However, that's not what Christianity is all about. Christianity is about following a particular person. Actually, the God-man, Jesus Christ. We follow Christ. And also, when we link arms with the local church, we follow the people whom God has entrusted to lead that church. That is our duty as Christians. We are to be humble and we are to follow Christ and also follow the ones whom God has placed in the local church. So tonight we want to look at what it means to be a humble follower and the way that, the way that healthy church members show such humility is by following their elders and pastors. The way we show such humility, the way we show the healthiness of our spiritual walk, our spiritual life, is by following elders and pastors, is by following your leaders. And tonight we will see how humble you really are, because this is not a message. This is either a message that you either love or that you just reject. So this evening I want to propose three attitudes that characterize a healthy church member when it comes to following the local church leaders. And those are healthy church members honor the elders. Healthy church members honor the elders. Number two, healthy church members show an open-hearted love and trust toward its elders. Healthy church members show an open-hearted love and trust toward its elders. And number three, healthy church members are teachable. Healthy church members are teachable. And then I'm going to give some ways on how we can act upon those things and apply those things. But healthy church members honor their elders. They show an open-hearted love and trust toward the elders. And they are teachable. Now, I know what this lesson is going to do tonight. It's going to reveal to yourself how humble you think you really are. It's going to put a mirror in front of you, and it's going to, and it's going to dissect um, and really challenge your humility. And I hope, I hope during this whole lesson that you will pray that the Holy Spirit will, will lower your ego, will lower your pride, and you will hear um, from God. But let's look at the first, and that is honors its elders. Honors its elders. Healthy church members, humble followers of Christ, honors its elders. The congregation is to honor it's elders and pastors. But let's first define what an elder is. We've heard that word many times, what an elder is. Uh, growing up, I thought an elder of the church was simply an old person or simply a person who's been of the faith for over 20 years. I think that's the perception that many have of what a biblical elder is, right? I think many people think that an elder is someone who just knows a lot of word or scripture, I think in some, who, some uh, people think that elders are those who are the leaders of community, communities, and, and therefore they are the elders of the church. However, that's not the, the definition of what an elder is. Okay? The elder has a certain title. And the Bible describes two offices in the church. Elders and deacons. Elders and deacons. And the term elder is used interchangeably with overseer, bishop, or pastor. So when one is says that that's a pastor, it's interchangeably with, or used interchangeably with elder. You know, so an elder is an overseer, a bishop, or pastor. In Acts 20, uh, Paul uses all three terms when he's addressing the elders of the Ephesian church. Uh, Paul sent to was sent to Ephesus, sent to Ephesus for the leaders, for the elders of the church. Uh, verse um, 18, when they arrived, he said to them, verse 28 in Acts chapter 20, keep watch over yourselves and all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Be shepherds or pastors of the church of God, which he bought with his own blood. 
Peter does the same thing in his first letter in 1 Peter 5, verses 1 and 2. To the elders among you, I appeal as a fellow elder, a witness of Christ's sufferings, and one who also will share in the glory to be revealed. Be shepherds of God's flock that is under your care, serving as overseers. So elders are shepherds and overseers of the church. But who can be elders? You know, can anyone be an elder? Can ladies be an elder? Elders, can uh, little boys be elders? Little girls be elders? <clears throat> Paul lays out the qualifications of elders in 1 Timothy 3, verse, uh, verses 3 and 7. And, and this is a, a wonderful scripture for you to write down. 1 Timothy 3, First Timothy the saying is trustworthy. If anyone aspires to the office of overseer, he desires a noble task. Therefore, an overseer must be above reproach, the husband of one wife, sober-minded, self-controlled, respectable, hospitable, um, able to teach, not a drunkard, not violent, but gentle, not quarrelsome, not a lover of money. He must manage his own household well with all dignity, keeping his children submissive. For if someone does not know how to manage his own household, how will he care for God's church? He must not be a recent convert or he may be become puffed up with conceit and fall into the condemnation of the devil. Moreover, he must be well thought by outsiders so that he may not fall into disgrace, into a snare of the devil. Now, mind you guys, that, those, that, that list of qualifications is not exhaustive. Okay, there's more things um, that needed that needs to be uh, taken into consideration when one is an elder. Right. But those qualifications are of elders or that qualification of elders that Paul gives in first Timothy. Keep in mind is not only just for elders, but besides the teaching part, everyone, every Christian should be following that. Every Christian should be sober minded, self-controlled respectable, you know, not a drunkard, not a violent, but gentle, not a lover of money. Every Christian needs to be that. Okay. That is not just for the elders. Another duty of the elders is they are charged with the spiritual oversight of the church. You know, you know they, they drive the, the, the spiritual ship. You know, they, they, they're the ones that drive the spiritual car of the church. And you can read that in Acts 6. Elders are to devote themselves to prayer and ministry of the word. You know, so the office of elder is a very, very big deal. A very, very big deal. It's not just a title that people should just simply throw around. Oh, that's just an elder there. Or that's just the elder there. Nor when... You speak about the title or office of elder. Should it be looked upon or looked down upon? Or should we even look upon it loosely? Elders are men whom God has called and the church has recognized as being leaders, teachers, and overseers of the church. To them, they are committed the responsibilities of being examples to the flock giving the church direction, teaching the people, and leading the congregation. The office of elder, friends, is a very, very big responsibility. It's a very, very big deal. Therefore, healthy church members should honor their elders and pastors. Since the title is that serious, healthy church members should honor that office. And the reason why they should honor that office is because church members, healthy church members, when they understand the office of elder, then they understand that the elders are gifts from God to the church. Have you ever thought about about your elders that way? That they are gifts from God to the church. 1 Timothy 5.17 says, Let the elders who rule over you be considered worthy of double honor, especially those who labor in preaching and teaching. Now, what does, that, what does such double honor include? What, what does Paul mean when he says that the elders are worthy of double honor? Well, Paul brings to our attention two things in the next verses. 
Verse 18, he says, For the scripture says, You shall not muzzle an ox when it treads out the grain, and the laborer deserves its wage, his wages. Paul is saying in verse 18, Honoring the elders includes caring for their financial and physical needs. Honoring the elders includes caring for their financial and physical needs. The local church, the local congregation, is to honor its leadership by providing appropriate and sufficient wages for its leaders. One example we have of this command, and I think that all of you did very well, and I'm so happy when, when we did this, is when Pastor Antonio hurt his Achilles. You guys remember that? You guys remember the members meeting? And he, and he said if it was okay, if we can take money out the church to help him, to help his family in this, in, in, in this time of, uh, in his time of need. You know, he wasn't able to work. And the church, what did they do is they showed the love and respect and the honor that they had for Pastor Antonio and the office of elder. And with a unanimous vote, they said, by all means, take it all if you need to. That was a wonderful, that's a wonderful example of the church coming together, understanding the office of elder, understanding the commandment that, that, um, that Paul gives, and helping their shepherd out in his time of need. If you, but however, if you don't understand the office of elders, if you don't understand what that means to be an elder, then the thought of you giving someone your hard-earned money the thought of you giving someone who just comes up and just gives you a word, your heart on money, sounds ridiculous. But, however, when you understand what it means, the responsibility that an elder has in the local church, then things like money, things like your time, things like giving him appreciation, become second nature. Another way Paul tells us to honor elders is what he says in verse 19, do not admit a charge against an elder except on the evidence of two or three witnesses. The apostle indicates that honoring our leaders includes protecting their reputations. Honoring our leaders includes protecting their reputations. Friends, I don't know if you know this, but people who are in ministry are open to charges criticisms, complaints from outside and even inside the church. There's been many complaints about me, about Pastor John, about Pastor Antonio, many criticisms and, and um, charges. However, a healthy church member will help to shelter its leaders whenever the slings and arrows approach. You know, it's the, health, it's a, it's the church member's job to, to protect its leaders they are, they are to put up their shield when the arrows come their leader's way. Rumors and gossip about a church member's elders or pastors are never to enter the ears of a healthy church member. You should never allow someone to talk bad about your elders. Even when one is starting to talk negative about their leader's a local church member is to stop the conversation from going any further. You know, did you hear about Pastor Antonio? You know what, brother? If it's not good, then I simply don't want to hear it. But you know what? Let me give you his number and you can tell him. Now, that would be a better way to go about that. You know, or even, even this, or even when someone tells you something about uh, me, Pastor Antonio, Pastor John, and then you listen to them and then you come back and you report it to us, man, you know, I heard so-and-so talking about you, but, you know, I stood up for you. I stood up for you. You know, friends, we don't need to hear that. You know, we don't need to hear that. You know, honestly, just keep that to yourself. I, I praise God that you helped us and, and, and you had our back and all that. But I think it's better if you just don't even hear it at all. It's better for your soul if you don't hear it at all. Okay? <clears throat> friends, I know that, that all of this might sound strange, you know, that all this might sound like what I'm proposing is for the congregation to worship us, to worship the elders, to worship your leaders. However, you have to understand that when you honor the elder first, you're not honoring me, Isaiah. 
You're not honoring Pastor Antonio or Pastor John, who they are. You're honoring the office of elder. That's what you're honoring, the office of elder. You're putting the office of elder on the pedestal, not me, not who I am. I'm a mere man. The office of elder is what you should or, or, or is what you should honor, what you should admire, because you know that that office of elder is a high calling. And whoever God puts in that office deserves honor. Second. So you honor the office of elder first. And whoever God puts in that office, then you honor them. Whoever God calls to that office and whoever the church recognizes to be in that office deserves honor. They deserve honor. Some of the ways we can honor our church leaders is what I said last week. Thanking them for the sermon that they just preached. I think that is a great way to honor your elders and pastors. Uh, talk about, go up to them and talk about different points in the sermon that stuck out for you. You know, and how greatly you were uh, encouraged by them. Things like that, guys, let me just tell you something. Things like that really encourage me Pastor Antonio and Pastor John. Let me tell you why. Because it shows that our studying is not being done in vain. But people out there are listening. People out there are listening. So it really encourages us when, someone, when you guys come up to us, hey, you know what? I was really encouraged by that. Thank, thank you for that sermon. That's going to really help me in my spiritual walk. Even if you got something out of it. That, that would really be an encouragement. And that's a great way to honor uh, your elders. So a healthy church member honors the office of elder. He or she esteems it highly and is thankful for it and respects those who serve the Lord's people as elders. Darren Biles, who is a professor at uh, Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary, gives four reasons why your elders and pastors are worthy of honor and appreciation. I just want to read these off to you. And uh, hopefully this will get your mind rolling on, on why your elders and pastors are worthy of honor and appreciation. Number one, your pastor or elder is worthy of honor and appreciation because of the weight of the spiritual battle he fights on your behalf. Your pastor is worthy of honor and appreciation because of the weight of the spiritual battle he fights on your behalf. Every day a pastor goes into battle against an enemy he cannot see, who's not flesh and blood, and who desires to kill and destroy him and you. You need to pray for him even as he intercedes on your behalf. And brothers, sisters, I pray for you every single day. And I pray that you're praying for me as well as, 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 the, as, well as the other elders. Um, number two, your pastor is worthy of honor and appreciation because the magnitude of sin and the burden of lost souls. The challenge of his call and the need of the hour touches the nerve of a God-called man who, need, who knows he is faced with an impossible task in his own strength. Number three, your pastor is worthy of honor and appreciation because of the enormous volume of bad theology he must oppose. He must deal with the attractiveness of the seeker-sensitive churches and their me-focused messages, which fills auditoriums with people whose appetites have been satisfied by false promises of a happy life, but only leaves them more hungry. Your pastor has to fight that. You know, we have to deal with people going to false churches. And then sometimes it might, it, it, it does for me, it gets to me and I say to myself, God, why are you, why, why are these people going to these churches who, who are teaching bad theology? So pray for us. And finally, I suggest to you that your pastor is worthy of respect and honor because your church called him. Your church called him. It is a commitment that you have made to him before God. You owe him that. It's a calling that he takes seriously, and you should too. Members, do you honor the elders whom God has given you as a gift? Do you honor the elders whom God has given you as a gift? Do you respect the office of elder and understand the high calling it details? And members who are here, I pray that you do.
I pray that you do. Let's look at the second attitude that a healthy church member should have toward its leaders, and that is healthy church members show open-hearted love and trust toward its leaders. Open-hearted love and trust toward its leaders. The honor and respect of a church member that a church member gives to an elder is not the distant and official honor a soldier gives a commanding officer. It's not the honor the high school student uh, has toward his teachers or principals. So what is the relationship that the congregation should have with its elders? Well, Paul lays that out in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 11 through 13. Listen to what he says. We have spoken freely to you, Corinthians. And hear this. And open wide our hearts to you. We are not withholding our affection from you, but you are withholding yours from us. As a fair exchange, I speak to you as my children. Open wide your hearts. Friends, there should be a sweet exchange of affection between the elders and the congregation. As, as they live and grow and labor together, their hearts are to be increasingly open wide to each other. A healthy church member does not withhold his or her affection for the pastor. Rather, he or she gives it freely. This is why it is so vital that the congregation does not withhold praise and thanksgiving toward its leaders. And I think one of the ways that you have modeled this is when we, and I'm sorry pastor, but you're another example, is when we uh, presented that video package for pastor. I think that was a, a wonderful, you guys showed how much you cared and, and honored Pastor and, the, and that open-hearted love that you had toward him. And I think what took me by surprise in the whole presentation was that nobody left. That nobody left. But they understood the role and the office of elder and they had an open-hearted love toward Pastor Antonio. They showed how much they cared. You guys showed how much you loved pastor. The pastor guys wants to feel loved. And they want to know that they are loved by the congregation. And a healthy church member doesn't want to hear his or her faithful pastor plead like the Apostle Paul did with the Corinthians, the Second Corinthians 7, verses 2 and 3. He says, make room for us in your hearts. We have wronged no one. We have corrupted no one. We have exploited no one. I did not say this to condemn you. I have said before that you have, that you have such a place in your hearts that we would live or die with you. Friends, this type of relationship that the congregation has with its leaders should be one of unashamed love, where your hearts are open wide. It's a love that should be viewed unlike any other love. Because the elders and pastors of the church have been given a commission to keep watch over your souls. Now, even your mom and dads are not given that commission. Hebrews thirteen seventeen: Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they are keeping watch over your souls as those who will have to give an account. Friends, there will come a time when me, Pastor Antonio, and Pastor John will have to give an account to God for the lives that he has entrusted us with. I will have to give an account for you. That is why we are so on you guys when it comes to reading and praying and fellowshipping and killing sin and church membership and getting the gospel right and understanding who the triune God is. Because we don't want your blood on our hands. But I think more importantly, that we genuinely care about the person whom chooses to become a member of RBC. On the behalf of the elders, and on the behalf of, of Pastor Antonio and John, uh, we genuinely love each and every one of you. And we want your view of Christ and who God is to become more grand and glorious day by day. And we want your love for God's church and his people to increase every second. Members, that's our heart's desire. We strive like Paul not to withhold any affection from you. 
So please don't withhold any affection from us. The elders whom God has placed in your life are every Sunday, every Wednesday, men, every Thursday, preparing a sermon that will help edify and challenge you in your Christian life. A task that's not easy, yet out of love it's done for God and his people without complaining. Friends, there has never been a time when Pastor Antonio has given me or John an assignment or verses to preach and we've complained about it. But we've always been excited, not only to preach, but more importantly, to preach to you guys and to see how you guys are going to grow out of that and how you will be edified from it. Members who are here, um, based off the time and the care the elders have over your spiritual souls, you should not withhold love from them. First Thessalonians 5.13 says, Regard them very highly in love because of their work. Regard them very highly in love because of their work. Friends, make sure your pastor knows that he is a beloved member of the church family. For the elder is not excluded from membership. The elder is, the sheep, is, is a sheep as well. And his great shepherd is Jesus Christ. Mind you, this is not my church. This is not Pastor Antonio's church. This is not Pastor John's church. This is Christ's church. And Christ has purchased this church by his blood. We are not excluded from membership. And the same encouragement and love that we want you members to give to each other, we need that same encouragement, that same love and encouragement as well. The same, the same time, the same prayer, the same love, the same edification, encouragement that you members give to each other should be given to the elders of the church as well. Welcome the elders into your home. I mean, I don't know if you ever considered that. You know, have you ever, have you ever thought of uh, maybe making dinner for the elders or taking the elders out to lunch? You know, invite them over for dinner. Offer to take care of little Nazareth or take care of little Gino. You know, those are things that you can do. Those are ways that you can show that you honor the elders. Um, things like that show that you love and that you appreciate their leadership. And you appreciate the work that they put in in feeding your souls as well as watching them. You're showing them that you're not just using them for their gift of preaching. But you genuinely uh, appreciate all that they do. All the time and all the, the hard work that they put in. So in the relationship between the elders and congregation, there needs to be an open-hearted love. But as well as there needs to be open-hearted trust. There needs to be trust between the elders and the congregation. In the local church, when we think about the trust that's between the elders and congregation, it, it must go both ways. The elders must trust that the congregation will make a sound biblical decision in matters of affirming and not affirming potential members, uh, recognizing future elders and deacons, and approving a church budget. The congregation needs to trust that the elders care about their spiritual lives. And one way the congregation recognizes that, the one, the one way you can tell that an elder or pastor cares about their spiritual lives is by what they're preaching. That is the one way you can tell. If the elder is teaching false doctrine behind the pulpit, then clearly they do not care about your spiritual well-being. Because they are leading you down a wrong path. However, if the elder is teaching sound doctrine from the Bible then it's a clear indication that the elders do care about your spiritual souls. And therefore, you should trust them. You should trust them. The congregation needs to trust that the elders, when it comes to them confessing sins and seeking counsel, you know, they must trust that the elders won't go out and air out their dirty laundry. That they won't go out and tell the whole world what's going on. And friends, members here, I, nor Pastor Antonio, nor Pastor John will ever do that. You know, we, we will never put you out on blast or put you out on Front Street or post all your stuff on Facebook, on our church uh, page. 
we will, we will never, ever, ever do that. And if we ever do that, then we need to stop from shepherding this congregation. So members, do you love, do you genuinely love and trust your elders? Is there an open-hearted love and trust that you have toward the elders? Or is your relationship cold and unhealthy? You know, I'm not distant from you. Pastor Antonio is not distant from you. Pastor John is not distant from you. As soon as church has ended, you don't see us run out and, and go home. We're widely available for any of you guys when you want to come and talk, hang out, go grab a bite to eat, any of that. Don't withhold love from us. Let's look at the last attitude, and then I'll give some closing remarks. The last attitude that we should have is healthy church members should be teachable. Healthy church members should be or need to be teachable. 1 Peter 5.5 says, Likewise, you who are younger, be subject to the elders. Clothe yourselves, all of you, with humility toward one another. For God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. A healthy church member should and needs to be teachable. Matter of fact, Christians should be teachable. A teachable member evidences humility of the heart and a desire to grow in Christ. Because without it, without humility, people grow stiff-necked and egotistical. If we could, if, if, if the elder's job, if we could boil it down to one task, we can say that the elder's job is to teach the congregation. However, if a member proves to be unteachable, then the shepherd's task becomes a burden, even undoable, since he's opposing an essential point of the elder's ministry, of the elder's calling. If you are unteachable, if we have a congregation that's unteachable, quite frankly, I don't know if I'm going to be able to put as much time and effort as I do in studying the word in preparing a sermon. Because you guys know it all already. Right into Timothy, Paul provides wonderful instruction for pastors, which contains with it good instruction for members as well. Uh, for the elder, Paul writes, the, ser- the Lord's servant must not quarrel. Instead, he must be kind to everyone, able to teach, not resentful. Paul then concludes, those who oppose him must gently instruct in the hope that God will grant them repentance, leading them to a knowledge of the truth, and that they will come to their senses and escape from the trap of the devil, who has taken them captive to do his will. Second Timothy chapter 2, verses 24 and 27. Several things are useful for church members to observe. And the context we'll use here is the elder given instruction or rebuke to a church member. Okay? The context we're going to use is me as an elder giving you instruction or rebuke. Okay? First, the pastor's instruction is meant to be gentle, kind, and for your good. The pastor's instruction to the member, whenever time he instructs, rebukes, corrects, is to be gentle, kind, and for your good. Um, when the elder instructs or rebukes a member, it must be done with gentleness and respect. And the member is not to take the elder's kindness for weakness, but uses the occasion to examine his or her own heart for areas of needing of repentance. Friends, if, if me or Pastor John or Pastor Antonio ever instruct you or rebuke you, don't ever think that we're simply trying to bully you or we're simply trying to single you out, but we do have your best interests at heart. We genuinely have your best interests at heart. Anytime we approach you with something, we have your spiritual good in mind and everything we say comes out of love because the foundation of our unity is love. And humble church and humble, healthy church members understand that. Second, we should recognize how easy it is to oppose the pastor when he instructs us. One of our problems as a society is when someone tells us something, we don't want to hear it. And usually our first reaction is not to listen or simply say, that person doesn't know me. Church member, that type of attitude to have is really unhealthy spiritually. 
Because it says that no one can tell you anything. And the only things you'll allow yourself to hear is only what you want to hear. Friends, being teachable means not shutting down everyone every time someone tells you something. Being teachable means that being teachable means that you don't shut people down when they're trying to help you grow and help you mature in Christ. Even if it's a rebuke. And if any of the elders instruct you or rebuke you in something, then that is when your humility needs to shine. Third, we should pray for the knowledge of the truth, clear-mindedness, and the protection from the devil's plots and plans whenever we discover even a slightest opposition for pastoral instruction. We should pray that the devil will not try to fill our mind with thoughts such as authority is bad. You know, the pastor elder doesn't know what he's talking about. The pastor's just singling me out. The pastor thinks he knows it all. Friends, those are lies from the devil. Friends, understand that the pastor who watches over your soul is the man who must give an account to God. We should then trust and accept his leadership joyfully as a gift from God as for our everlasting benefit. Since the elder is to give an account to God that he must have my best interest at heart. He must have my best interest at heart. And whatever instruction or rebuke he is giving to me, it's not to hurt me, but ultimately it's to build me up. It's for your benefit that pastors correct you. It's for your benefit that pastors try and help you mature in Christ and try to help you in your progressive sanctification. It's for your benefit. And know that pastor is not telling me, nothing, not telling me something for no reason. Because if he didn't love me, then he wouldn't be telling me this. You know, correction is a good thing. And you should welcome correction. You should welcome discipline. I love what Proverbs 13, 18 says, Poverty and disgrace come to him who ignores instruction, but whoever heeds reproof is honored. Whoever ignores instruction and correction, honestly, you're a fool. That's what the word says. But whoever heeds and takes to heart correction is to be honored. Proverbs 12, 1 says, Whoever loves discipline loves knowledge. But hear this, whoever hates reproof is stupid. If you hate correction, then the proverb says you're stupid. (laughs) Friends, we should welcome correction and instruction because one of the marks of being a healthy church member is you seek discipline. You seek discipline. You lean upon others to help you grow in your Christian walk. You know, that's why Christianity is not an isolated thing. You know, when you, when you are, when you, um, give your life to Christ, it's not just you now get on your horse, horse and become a lone ranger. You know, but you involve yourself, you link arms with a family that God has adopted as brothers and sisters, as, as your brothers and sisters. So be teachable. Let me just give you some, some basic, uh, actions that a healthy church member can take, um, in order to effectively follow the leadership of the local church. Let me just give you, uh, uh, I think it's three of them. But humble followers obey and submit to their leaders. Okay? Humble followers obey and submit to their leaders. A healthy church member must obey and submit to his or her leaders. Obey and submit, I know, are very bad words to many churches. Yet the Bible couldn't be any clearer. As Hebrews thirteen seventeen says, Obey your leaders and submit to their authority. Our obedience is to make their work a joy and not a burden. And our obedience is to our benefit, since it would be of no advantage for us if we were to disobey them. A healthy church member orders him or herself under the leaders of the congregation, as a soldier orders him or herself in the rank and file beneath a military general. We are to joyfully, eagerly, and completely submit to our leaders for our good, for their good, and for the good of the entire body. For the good of the entire body. 
If you don't submit to your leaders, then you're not caring for the overall health of the church. You're being selfish. Jonathan Lehman, who's an elder at Capitol Hill Baptist Church, said this on authority. Good authority binds in order to loose, corrects in order to teach, trims in order to grow, disciplines in order to train, legislates in order to build, judges in order to redeem. The difference between what people call community and what the Bible calls church finally comes down to the topic of authority. The assembly is not only a fellowship, but an accountability fellowship led by God's good gift of pastors and teachers. Second, humble followers follow the example of their leaders. Humble followers follow the example of their leaders. One of the reasons the Lord appoints men to leadership in the church is to to provide a flesh and blood example of faithful, godly living to the congregation. Me, Pastor Antonio, and Pastor John are to be examples of, of what it means to be followers and disciples of Christ. The leaders in the local church are to are the motion picture of following Jesus. I love what Paul tells young Timothy in 1 Timothy 4, uh, 12, let no one despise you for your youth, but set the believers an example in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, in purity. 1 Peter 5, 3 commands shepherds to be examples of, For the flock. Leaders are called to be an example in everything. That is why the Apostle Paul says in Philippians 3.17, Join with us. Join with others in following my example. And take note of those who live according to the pattern we gave you. A healthy church member patterns his or her life after the godly lifestyle of elders of the church. We are to follow their example with an expectation of conforming more and more to Christ. If you want a role model or someone to look up to, look up to your elders. If you need a father figure, look to your elders. They will show you what it means to live a holy and godly life. Third, humble followers, and last, humble followers pray for the leaders. Humble followers pray for the leaders. Church members must pray for their leaders. Given all that the church leaders must do and contend with, friends, can you think of a more of an important thing that you can do as a church member than pray for your leaders? That is a vital, vital, important role that you have as a church member. That is to pray every day for your leaders. And uh, the Apostle Paul understood his need for the saints' faithful prayer. He says in Colossians chapter 4, verses 2 and uh, two through 4, Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful, and pray for us too, that God may open a door for our message, so that we may proclaim the, ministry of, the mystery of Christ, for which I am in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. Paul also instructs the, uh, the congregation in Ephesus to pray for him. He says in Ephesians chapter 6, 19 and 20, And also for me, that words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. Members who are here, you should pray for your leader's boldness, clarity and consistency with the gospel's message. You should pray for their study time and for their opportunities for them to proclaim Christ. Those are the things you should pray for. Pray for their family. Pray for their well-being. Healthy church members are devoted to prayer on the behalf of their leaders. They take heed to Jesus' exhortation to pray and not give up, as it says in Luke 18.1. And they do that on behalf of their shepherds. One of the ways you can do this is, and the way you can follow this commandment, is when we meet together Tuesday night and pray. You know, oftentimes we will pray for uh, Pastor uh, John and Pastor Antonio and, Pastor, and myself. And we'll also pray for other leaders in the area. You know, uh, uh, Chad Vegas and, and, and uh, all the other pastors. But also, why don't you guys come at, at uh, 9.15 when we pray? You know? That's a great way to show that you, that you 
care about the local church, for one, is because you will come early to involve yourself in the in the meeting of the saints when when they when we gather and, and we talk with one another and and when we do things like vacuuming and 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 try to get the church together before Sunday worship you know we pray for us as well we pray for whoever's ministering that that day that's a great way for you to co- to obey this command so members who are here pray for myself pray for John i pray that you pray for pastor antonio and friends, don't ever think that we have this all together as well. You know? Please don't ever think that we don't go through things as well. But pray that, that we will continue to resist the same temptations that you resist every day. Because your devil is our devil as well. Pray that we continue to lead Christ's church in God's truth with boldness and faithfulness. It's been said that Pastors are ordinary men, but they hold an extraordinary office. Pray for your pastors. In closing, healthy church members are humble followers. And those humble followers look upon the elders and pastors whom Christ has given to the church to help lead and help them in their Christian life. Leadership in a local church is established by God for the blessing of the people. However, for leadership to be effective, it needs to be encouraged and supported by the members of the church. We need your support. We need your love. We need your encouragement. There are plenty of stories that I can tell of many faithful men who have shipwrecked on the rocky shoals of ignorant, resistant members. Friends, that should never be. Healthy church members of the local church should strive and encourage others to strive to follow the leaders with wide open hearts, eager obedience, and joyful submission. Let's pray. Thank you, Father, for bringing us here by your grace. I pray that that was some encouragement for your members. I pray, Lord, that all of that will be done out of love. Lord, not love for us, for Pastor Antonio, for Pastor John, for myself. And Lord, not even love for the office of elder, but love for you, Christ. I pray that they will show appreciation and honor, and they they will trust us, that they will love us, that they will continue to pray for us, that they will be teachable, Lord. And Lord, I pray that that our, our task will not be burdensome. I pray that it will be a joy for the rest of our lives, and I pray that we will be a joy to your sheep as well. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.